trick or treat. What was that? That was a ringing endorsement for the 34th installment of the FrankBlack.net podcast. I'm Dean Katsiris. I am Brian Salvatore. How are you doing tonight, Dean? I'm doing more awake than you, I guess. But <laughs> I don't know if you can be doing more awake, but I'm doing it. So oh, there we are. Good for you. Congratulations on doing more awake. We have a... Uh it's not really a Halloween-themed podcast. We just did a little Halloween introduction because it is being released today, October 31st. But um, we do have some good stuff coming up, including our second album investigation uh, and a couple other things. But before we do that, why don't we get to the news? Take yes. away the- well, our first little bit of news is from a very creepy... Oh, yeah, no Halloween theme. Um, <laughs> from a very interesting silent film called Dead Gollum. And as you may or may not know, if you've been tuning into the podcast, that's an old film from the 20s scored recently by Black Francis. It has been announced that they are going to be releasing a box set. We had always thought there was going to be a CD release and maybe it was going to come with a DVD of the film as well. But uh, it turns out it's going to be a box set. We're not quite sure what's in it, are we, Brian? No, we do know that there will be a what they call a rock version, which I assume will just be the songs, you know, the actual songs, not the little connecting pieces. And we know that there will be a live performance of some kind, whether that's the DVD or a CD. But we don't know exactly what it's going to be or even when it's coming out. But it's exciting nonetheless. It is exciting. And actually, before we get too far away from Halloween-related things, you were going to tell me before, and I stopped you, what are you doing for Halloween this year? Well, uh, every year my wife and I have a party, and the party is a theme, and this year's theme is musicians. And so I was trying to find a costume that whenever anybody walked in the room, they would instantly know who I was. Without you know, that's kids. always the goal. You, you don't want to, it's no fun to dress up like somebody and then have to explain it the whole night. True. So I was trying to think of iconic things, but also something funny. I wanted people to see me and laugh. So I am going on Saturday at my Halloween party. As me? No, not as you, uh, although that would be a pretty hilarious costume to try and attempt. Um, I will be going as Bjork when she wore that swan dress to the Oscars. Is that right? That is correct, yes. You will be going as Bjork. I am going as Bjork. That is God's honest truth. That is terrific, and I can't wait to see photos. We'll, but, uh... but before I'm going as Bjork, mm-hmm. on Friday night, actually on Halloween, uh, a friend of a friend is having a party, and it's not a themed party. And I didn't want to pull out my Bjork costume a day before my own party. You know, uh, I, I want to debut my costume at my party. So I was trying to find a really, really easy costume to do. So I haven't cut my hair in a few months. My hair is actually the longest it's been in a couple of years now. And so I am going to, on Friday, shave male pattern baldness into my head. <laughs> and I'm going to make myself Mikhail Gorbachev and put a little birthmark on my, fore- on my forehead. Very and good. And Gorbachev on Friday and then Bjork on Saturday. That is terrific. And we'll have pictures of that for the yes, next, podcast. next podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, well, good. Okay, no thanks. I just wanted to clear that up. Uh, so what was the next piece of news? Uh, well, we just got some clarification. Uh, I had heard about this a few months ago, but it was sort of uh, unsubstantiated. We now have video evidence. Not video, I'm sorry. We did that again. 
we now have photo evidence of Mr. Black Francis recording some tutorials for NowPlayIt.com, which is a website that teaches you, through the artist that records the songs, how to play some of their biggest hits. So, um, Monkey Onto Heaven, Wave Mutilation, Where Is My Mind, and Los Angeles will all be available coming soon from NowPlayIt.com for a nominal fee. I believe it's four British pounds per lesson, something like that. I think it might be two. Is it two? Oh, okay. That's an even better deal. And uh, you can watch the artist himself or herself give you a little lesson on how to play their songs. So we don't have a release date for that yet, but we do have have some photos. If you go to uh, nowplayit.com and go to their message board, you can see photos from the April recording of Black Francis's Now Play It tutorials. And of course, if you have the Enhanced Podcast, which you should at this point, we have some photos playing in the background right now, so you can have a look and make sure you're checking out your iPod and you'll see what uh, it looks like. But yeah, so that's pretty neat too. I'm not a guitar player, but I still think I'll have to check out those videos. Maybe uh, I will learn. Maybe. You never know. I mean, it's targeted yeah. people like me, I suppose. So Maybe this will be the thing that turns you from uh, you know, a piano player into a guitar player. Time will tell. And then finally, finally, we have something that we have been forgetting and putting off and really just, you know, with all these exciting features. Last episode, we had Charles Normal on. Uh, the time before that, Brian wore high heels, and it's just been, you know, <laughs> too exciting to, uh, to squeeze everything in. And we've sadly neglected it, but we're here now to write that. We have the winner of our contest for the Rockabye Baby Pixies cover disc. As far as we're aware, this is not the famous Australian singer-songwriter, but it is Paul Kelly. So congratulations, Paul. We'll be getting that out to you as soon as possible. And uh, thank you, everybody, for entering. We had a number of correct answers, but Paul was the quickest draw. Yeah, and actually, it was within uh, five minutes that someone else tripped in with the correct answer, but gotta go with the first, gotta go with the first. Still. We are men of our word. Absolutely. And thanks, everyone, for entering. It's really nice for us to you know, even just to get those entries and know that you're listening and excited about the little contest that we work so hard to put on for you. And uh, we're giving something away this week, aren't we, Brian? Are we? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you might come up with something on the spot. <laughs> no. Um, uh, tune in next episode, and I'm sure we can find something to give away to you kind folks. But without any further ado, let's get to playing some music. Now, we had just recently found out from BlackFrancis.net that there will be a video for when they come to murder me being released by the end of the year. This video was suggested, the treatment was suggested by a fan, so that should be something pretty cool. And this was also the Survivor winner on our FrankBlack.net Seven Finger Survivor. But Dean, why don't you explain what the Survivor is? Well, basically, it's uh, based on the TV show of, you know, Infamy Now, I guess. It was famous once upon a time. Uh, one of the first reality TV shows. And on the show, someone was voted off a desert island or some remote location every week, depending on how useful they were, how much they were liked, or whatever. And we've done the same thing with the songs on various albums of his. So uh, we start with the whole album, and everybody votes on the song they like to get rid of from that album first, or the song they like the least, or however you want to phrase it. And, you know, by the end, you end up with the song that got voted off the least or that won all the contests. And, yeah, for Seven Fingers, the winner was When They Come to Murder Me. And we thought that was a good reason to play it because you guys voted it number one. So 
Not necessarily my choice for number one, but it's okay. Here it is when they come to murder me. FrankBlack.net podcasts that were available were numbers 20 through 33. But we're proud to announce that all of our podcasts are now up for download. And we ask that you please download them and not stream them, as streaming them is more of a strain on our bandwidth. But we thought this. We were going to go back and play one of our favorite rarities we ever got. But by making it a little bit special, we're going to put that as part of a Frank Black to back.
repeat anyway. I tend to think we're going back to back. It's all a repeat anyway. Human form she had in Crescent City. She showed me her pity, lucky me. In a storm so bad, the worst of the autumn, she came from the bottom. Please won't you stay a while Give me your coat Then we'll fall in love in my boat You'll be my selfie bride Please give me no denial A promise I give I'll forsake the life that I live Now you're by my side if you return again I'll be the saddest man My lips will burn your skin If you return again Please don't return again Please don't return again Please don't return again She had in Crescent City. She showed me her pity, lucky me. On that day, so sad, breezy and sunny, she melted like honey in the sea. So that was. Two versions of Selkie Bride. The first, a Catholic's demo for the song. Uh, and we're not entirely sure when it was recorded exactly. Uh, even Ken Goes isn't quite sure, and we haven't been able to get an answer on that. The second was the final album version, which came out after the Catholic's demise on an album entitled Honeycomb, and arguably the best track on there. Or at least it's my favorite. It was certainly the first one that stuck out for me on Honeycomb. I'd say it's in my top three or four from Honeycomb, for sure. Well, then we don't have to argue that. We can move on to our next track, which is always exciting. And this one is from the recently released online exclusive to blackfrancis.net. It's a USB clip from... Which which show was it, Brian? 
It was a show live at the Hotel Utah Saloon mm-hmm. in it's actually it's the Hotel Utah, but it's in California. But this is a uh, I believe it's actually two shows put together, but I could be mistaken about that. Yeah, I'm not but sure. it's uh, it's a live solo electric show. Right. We actually I think we played a couple of these songs was it last podcast two ago? We played two podcasts on, ago. On podcast thirty one, we played Sir Rockabye from this very show. But we're gonna play a song now that We've never played on the podcast before. It's from Bluefinger. It's tight black rubber, but we're playing this solo electric version, which I think I actually prefer to the studio version. But really? enough about what I think. Let's let you be the judge. Sorry, I was pacing out there for a minute. I was, I was thinking about the uh, the Six Million Dollar Man, the episode where he goes to Mexico. And he, they, please, you must play. Play the guitar, please. He's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> please. <laughs> he goes faster. You guys are very young crowd, I guess. Don't really know the... Don't know the Six Million Dollar Man. You just... you never seen... You guys just have those... You just have the action fingers on your mantelpiece with all your other... Paraphernalia, your cultural paraphernalia, right? I know, I know how it is. It's okay. Frank Black! Frank Black! Rubber ain't no chippy in man. 
taking a look at, uh, we're going a little bit further back. Last time we did an album investigation, we took a look at Show Me Your Tears, the last Catholics record. Now we're going to look at the second last Pixies record, and I would say my favorite Pixies record, or at least up there on par with Doolittle. To me, Bossa Nova is uh, thematically the record where surf music became an integral part of the sound. And not, not just surf music, but science fiction sort of took a bigger step. You know, you look at songs like Issue Weird and All Over the World and The Happening, and they sort of all have a, uh, you know, a sci-fi bent to it. So to me, it's, it's this surfy sci-fi record. The, the first song on the, the album is maybe indicative of that, Cecilia Ann. Not an original song, which maybe some Pixies fans out there don't know, but a cover. It's a song by the Surf Tones, and they... Uh, Pixies covered it. I think it's kind of, uh, I don't think the Surftones had a very big catalog. In fact, I can't prove this, and I may be wrong, and I'm willing to hear corrections, but I think they only released one album. Moving on from that, anyway, uh, it, it's a great opener. Like, I love instrumental, and I love surf, and it has the cool amp being kicked over at the beginning. That's what that sound is. Yeah, so a great way to start the album. And then we go to a song that actually I don't really care for called Rock. That is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. And that is bizarre, but you are always full of surprises, Brian, so I'm <laughs> eager to hear why and, you know, find out how what a fool I've been. Well, uh, 
a couple of things. First of all, I love hearing a story about a song. I think that sometimes when I hear the story about a song, it makes the song that much more special. And when the Pixies originally headlined the Reading Festival, which was right after Bossa Nova was released, they started with rock music because uh, Frank Black was too scared to sing at first. How he needed to have a song where he could just scream and not really focus on his vocals. And then after getting the jitters out of his system, he could, you know, settle down and sing a little bit. So I think that's a really cool image of them starting off this giant festival with this giant sounding song. But also, I just, I love the uh, the guitar riff. I think it's, it's really powerful and just driving. And, you know, I, I'm not the person who is necessarily the biggest punk rock fan. I, mean, I do like a lot of punk bands, but I tend to like complexity and nuance and subtlety in my music. But occasionally, I just want to rock. And this song to me is like the perfect, just, I love playing it on the guitar. I wish I could scream well so I could scream along to it. It's just, to me, it's a perfect two-minute slab of rock music of exactly what its title says. See, I've never heard that story before. It's an interesting story. I wonder if it relates to the lyrics as well. You know, your mouth's know. a mile away. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I have no idea if that's the case, but uh, it was, it'd be interesting to find that out. It's also interesting to find out that uh, Kim Deal said that for a long time she didn't know there were actually words to the song. She thought that he was just screaming, and she found out later on that there were words, and she was kind of shocked by that. So that's an interesting story, too. with more Bossa Nova. Up next on the track listing is probably, no, I'm not even going to say probably. It's definitely the most famous song from this album and most popular song. And uh, Brian said definitely before I even said what I was going to say, which goes to show we've been podcasting too long. Valuria. Valuria. Who doesn't love Valuria? It's got some good backing vocals. I didn't realize she was spelling out Valuria for the longest time. 
at the end of the song, uh, as uh, Frank is saying, my, or Black Mantis, I guess, is saying, my Valoria, she's spelling out, you know, B-E-L-U-R-I-A. And I don't know what I thought it was. Now I can't imagine how I didn't hear it, but... Yeah, it's it's got a bit of everything. I think even a bit of theremin, doesn't it? Yes, it does have a theremin in it, and uh, I think that that that's the song that a lot of times will get people sort of interested in the Pixies because some of the other stuff might appear too harsh or too abrasive, but that's a really and it still has that hard edge, but it also has that really sweet melody that I think draws people in. Yeah, I'd say that's a fairly good analysis of it, and. She was never it is part one of uh, sort of a mini story, I guess, or mini mythology in the Frank Black universe. The second half of this is a song called Velvety, which was written in the Pixies era and not released until much, much later at the end of the Catholics era uh, as an instrumental song. But yeah. And then coming up next on the album, we have uh, Allison, which contrary to popular belief is not about a girl. It is about Mose Allison, the jazz blues pianist and vocalist who is uh, actually phenomenal. I, uh, I had never heard of Mose Allison before I got into the Pixies and I have since become a pretty big Mose Allison fan and I think that it's a song that blows people's minds because it sounds like a straightforward love song and then when you break it down it is nothing of the sort. It is a tribute to an old bluesman. So that's Allison and then we go to Is She Weird which is probably the least talked about song on this record. Do you think so? Well, no, maybe The Happening. Maybe The Happening, but you never it's really It's one cared. of only uh, three songs from this album, four songs, I guess, done on the reunion tour. Yeah, that's true, that's true. But the Valoria, this one, uh, uh, Allison, for Fire. at the end of the tour, Is She Weird? They never did Dig for Fire. And they, they did, did uh, Dig for Fire? I don't think on the reunion they did. Yeah, I guess maybe not, but it just feels like it should be talked about more, I guess, and it's... I'm not sure where that came from. It's just it was a gut feeling. I said it. I didn't think about it. And as usual, it got me into trouble. The next song is Anna, and this is special for one reason in particular, and that's because it's the first time that Black Francis used an anagram in one of his songs. Actually, dude, it's the first time he used an acrostic in one of his songs. Ah, acrostic. But he mistakenly thought it was an anagram, much like you mistakenly thought it was an anagram, <laughs> and that is why the song was called Anna. S-U-R-F-E-R is what it spells, surfer, and uh, I guess he said it's a matter of needing lyrics really fast because they're setting up the vocal mics, and you better get the song done or it's going to be an instrumental. So, you know, he needed lyrics at the last minute, and he came up with a word, and it was surfer, and then he put lyrics to it. So, that's the story of Anna. And then the next song is my favorite on the album, actually. Really? I think, yeah, I, I know that's hard to believe, but uh, I love this, the whole second part. Something about growing up in the 80s and having that sort of distorted radio-ish, radio link type voice saying, I don't know what's, what's he saying in the background there, but uh, I did know it at one point. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, did we ever figure out? I have never really given it a second thought, to be honest with you. Well, um, that's fine. So I suppose not. We'll find out and get back to you if we have anything or maybe someone will start a forum thread on uh, forum.frankblack.net we could use a little help here we don't know everything Brian and I'd like to pretend but uh, we're always learning so yeah that's all over the world and uh, 
you don't you're not a, a big fan of it, Brian? Or no, no, no I, I like it. It just to me, it's one of the least. Uh, it's not one of the standout tracks on the record for me. One of the things I really love about this album is that there's the two extremes of the Pixies on this album. You have the, in my opinion, rock music is the most aggressive thing they've ever done, and Havelina is the least aggressive thing they've ever done. You also have a song like Anna, which is a very well-crafted uh, lyrical song, and then you have Stormy Weather, which is one line repeated over and over again. And I think it just shows how within this band there were all these little things that made them up. And I think this album is probably the best representation of them as a band, but not necessarily on a song-by-song -song basis, my favorite album, if that makes sense. Not at all, but I, I can live with that. <laughs> no, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, yeah, and maybe that's a good reason not to continue going song-by-song. -song. But I do want to touch on a few more sort of what I think are highlights that you already mentioned, actually. One was Havelina, which it's probably their most gushy song. It's actually, um, they were dry, Frank Black was, or Black Francis, sorry, was on a, um, a road trip with his then girlfriend, Miss uh, Jean Marie Walsh, through the American Southwest, I believe. And uh, I think he told her that he could even write a love, a love song about a boar, and it would, you know, just if you give it the right sound, it sounds like it's a love song, and then it doesn't matter what the subject is. And uh, he happened to do one about a boar, which is Havelina. And uh, yeah, so that's where that song came from. And it, and it does. It sounds like a gushy, kind of a, you know, sweet, soft love song, I think. Yeah, certainly. I, I think it's, if you didn't know who, Haval who or what Havelina was, you would think it was uh, a love song about a woman. And apparently they thought it was uh, one of the most difficult songs to record for the album because it's in 6-4 time instead of 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, 6-4 was a complicated time signature for those non-musicians out there. Uh, yeah, any other songs you really want to touch on, Brian? I'd um, rock music is obviously a favorite. Um, Valoria and Allison are fantastic. To me, the, the first half of the album is really, really strong, from Cecilia Ann all the way through all over the world. And the second half has some great songs as well, but I feel that I'm not a big fan of Down to the Well. Um, I could sort of, depending on the day, I could sort of, you know, leave uh, Hang Wire or Take It. I'm not totally sold on that song, necessarily. I think altogether, like I said before, the first half is very poppy, and the second half is a little bit harder edge, except for that that ending of Havelina, which is very, very uh, lush and not at all caustic. Yeah, lots of reverb, of very soft, very surfy. Yeah, I like Hangwai, though. Um, I'd like it better than, say, Stormy Weather, for example, which is another one you kind of just mentioned there, I think. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. Like, the first half has uh, Cecilia and it's got Valoria, it's got Allison. Allison's great. It's a quick, you know, minute and a half classic Pixie song. Um, I guess all over the world's the dividing point there, and it has the two, the two halves. Like I said, so it's a good place right. to have the division. But then "Dig for Fire" is a really strong song as well. Very poppy. Very, I'd say as poppy as Valoria. I'd agree. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we played rock music, which is their punk edge. So let's play uh, "Dig for Fire," which I have no idea what it means. I'm not sure that. Frank Black even has any idea what it means to be honest. 
Uh, All I've oh. heard about that song is that it was written as a tribute to the Talking Heads. Well, a tribute to the Talking Heads or not, it's a little pop nugget of nonsense. Dig for fire. Folks, that brings us to just about the end of our 34th podcast. However, we have one more song to play, and this is a song that both Dean and I, I think, agree might be the best. And I'm saying this with great respect to everyone else who's submitted a song to our podcast before. But this might be the best fan-submitted piece of music we've played on the podcast. Would you agree with that, Dean? No, but it is awesome. Okay. <laughs> no, okay. It, it is it is excellent. Once upon a time in frankblack.net land, we did a couple of tribute albums. One for the Pixies, one for Frank Black post Pixies, and we got some really interesting and great songs out of it. And I would say this is probably the song I go back to the most often of all those covers. It is just it it made it 
it did everything a good cover should do. It took the essence of what was good in the original song, and it brought that to the fore. It it took some of the subtleties and really ran with them, and it just made me go back to the original song and love it way more than I ever thought I would. It's one of those songs that I think, it's one of those covers, excuse me, that completely transforms the song for you. Yeah, and not and- not that it gives, it's not that it was necessarily all this, you know, this completely new take on it. It's just that it was almost like a remix in a way in that he took it and amplified certain elements of what was there and maybe at the expense of other elements or whatever. But yeah, it's, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just, I, I think it's, it is brilliant. I don't know if it's the best thing we've ever played from a fan, but it is brilliant. Well, I'm going I'm to stand by my statement here. That I, I feel strong enough about this, and this is no slight to anything else we've ever played. But part of it is because I love the Beach Boys. Um, the first song my wife and I danced to at our wedding was a Beach Boys song. And so the beginning of this cover really sounds – I mean, you could fool somebody and say this is a lost Beach Boys recording. I mean, it's that good. And it was done by a guy named Tim Franklin who – goes by the name Cludy when he's doing his music, or at least did at this point, and it's a cover of Big Red. We featured this in the podcast before, but again, we're sort of trying to go back through our archives and maybe share some of the really great things that we've played before so that you new listeners who are too lazy to go back and get the 30 episodes you might have missed will still get to hear some of this great stuff. And hopefully so, it will um, inspire you ahead. to go back too. Yes, certainly. There, there are many, many great hidden gems. I've been going back. I was telling Dean before and listening to some of our old podcasts just to uh, you know, get myself reacquainted. And there's a lot of great stuff that I had completely forgotten about that's there. And uh, you know, I encourage you all to go back and check it out. But um, any closing thoughts, Dean? We'll see you on the next podcast a couple of weeks from now with a pretty exciting theme, I think. So. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's late. Well, happy Halloween happy and Halloween. Uh, enjoy your candy. Yes, uh, don't eat it if it's unopened, or if it is opened, whatever, how does it work? <laughs> if it's, if, if it's, it's unopened, you're okay, I think. Yeah, but if it's part. unopened, you got to open it to eat it, see? So I'm just really looking out for people eating these wrappers. Like, don't eat it with the wrapper, that's just silly. That is true, do not eat it with the wrapper. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking this will be one of those places where we fade out.
quietly one two three ah! let's do it even quieter than that because it's still too loud for the volume levels okay. one one two, two three you're ah! clipping definitely all right ah! let's do it again for you yeah let's you can hear it Let's, let me try doing this. All right, ready? Mm. One. Brian? Yeah. Brian. Yeah, I'm here. Brian, Brian. I'm here. Brian. I'm still here. Oh, weird. Okay. <laughs> All right, ready? Yeah. <laughs> no. That yes was no. Okay, one, <laughs> two, three. Ah!